0: Hey there, my name is Sean, and this is Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast, among other things, about stories. The contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories, true stories, personal stories, Grit Stories. We are in the middle of, nearing the end of season number three, dedicated to grit talks and the best of. And today we have got two stories from 7 by 7 a curated virtual storytelling series. Story number one is by the one, the only Corey Thomas May, who lives up in Iowa, Our second story is by Harold Cox, who lives up in Massachusetts. Thank you both for crafting and telling these stories and, of course, for letting me use them here on the podcast. As always, check the show notes for information that may be valuable or interesting. We've got some new stuff coming up. Grit is going to change some in the coming weeks and months some really cool things we're very excited about it and of course we will keep you in the loop we will continue to put out this podcast season four is not far away and of course some other projects so again we're excited we'll let you know about them and a final favor i know i ask a lot please rate and review this podcast if you listen on apple it helps people find it and we want more people to find it thank you for that without further ado Corey and harold let's dive in
1: I'm 39 years old when I confront my dad's killer. It's 2006, and it's a day that has been 28 years in the making. It's time to fight. I remove my clothes, swallow the Vicodin, and slip away. Dad died of cancer of the liver and colon when I was 11. I'm married and have five children under the age of 11. Today, I have my first colonoscopy. Most people get their first colonoscopy at 50. But me, I'm special, I'm lucky, I get mine at 39 because I'm at risk. For 28 years, I've lived in fear. And this is real, this is visceral. This is in my gut, like the critter from Aliens, right? So I wait, it's summer of 1978. I've just turned 11. Mom and dad call my older sister and me into the living room. They look serious. Dad says, I've got cancer. I might have two minutes, two days, two months, but not multiple years. I don't know what my sister is doing. I know my dad is dying. I react to dad's news on gut instinct. Fight, flight, or freeze. I'm too little. I can't fight. Part of me freezes emotionally at 11. Mr. Spock helps me cope a little bit. I run toward him, Mr. Spock, right? He's cold, analytical, and safe. I can't feel anything. I can't control anything, but I can understand. I climb up on the couch in the basement and pull the medical encyclopedias down from the top shelf. And I look up the words that I don't know. Cancer, stage four. Tumor, grapefruit size. Metastasis, it's all over his insides. Terminal. I can't feel anything because if I do, I'm going to die. And what I couldn't understand was why. Six months later, he's gone. Dad was 54. He seemed so old to me at 11. I'm 39, and the colonoscopy reports come back. They're clean. Yay, I get to do this again in another five years. Nothing happens at 44. I'm at 49. I've had stomach problems. Every twitch, cramp, pinch, or pain worries me. I'm paying attention to what I'm putting into me as well as what's coming out of me. Did I inherit this monster? Do I have the alien in my gut? The doctor removes a precancerous polyp. My first. This isn't a milestone I want to celebrate. And a memory rises to the top. One of my dad's best friends, Jake, tells me, I spoke to your dad just after he found out he had cancer. And his only question was how am I going to tell my kids? Well, how am I going to tell my kids? I'm relating to dad a little bit more right now. I'm still the 11-year-old who doesn't know how to feel. And Mr. Spock isn't coming through that door. I only tell my oldest two children, 19-year-old Madeline and 20-year-old Xavier. Kids, the doctor removed a precancerous polyp from my colon. Madeline is silent. Xavier looks at me and says, isn't that a good thing, Dad? Yeah, it is but they don't understand my fear. And I stay strong for their sakes. But the 11-year-old inside me is screaming in fear. And we can't tell anyone. Is that critter inside of us? On May 4th, 2021, I'll be 54, the same age as my dad when he died. And when I look in the mirror, I see his face. Now my kids have had me longer than I had my dad and I've kept them at arm's length long enough. It's hard to hug them with all this crap that I'm carrying and I'm tired and I wanna put put all this stuff down. I wanna be closer to them. I wanna be the dad I couldn't have. So kids, as soon as I reach 54, I promise, I promise our lives will start all over again. This isn't my finish line. I'm saving money for my two daughters' weddings. I'm gearing up to gain a daughter-in-law. I've got four college graduations ahead of me and I'll be emotionally ready for grandchildren, my little grandbabies, family dinners and big vacations, all that sort of thing is ahead of us. And maybe, just maybe, It's time for the 11-year-old who couldn't feel to finally heal.
2: So I'm not embarrassed to tell you this at this time in my life. I love Santa Claus. I love everything about Santa Claus. I love the way that he looks. I love the way that he acts and kind of how he is with people. I love the way that people are with him and the way that people respond to him. I love everything about Santa Claus. But I have to admit that I was very, very nervous and very tenuous when I was asked to be santa claus at the holiday party that we put on for about 200 kids at uh, my workplace i'm no santa claus i'm not nearly as good as he is but i was the only person that could fit in the suit so i got to be santa claus now on the night of the program i put the suit on now you should know the suit is magical. Once you put the suit on, you actually become Santa Claus. He, he, here's just one, one small example. Before I put the suit on, you know, I did all the practicing. I was doing the ho, ho, ho things, But I must tell you, it was sounding really creepy. I'm not going to try to show you right now, but it was really creepy. But the moment that I put the suit on, it was absolutely perfect. I was Santa Claus. And I knew this because when I went out into the room where all the kids were, what I heard was a roar of 200 kids screaming, Santa, 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 Santa. The kids knew that Santa was in the room. That was this little boy. He was about, I don't know, maybe like five years old. He came running up to me. He and about two or three of his other friends, they were grabbing on my clothes. Hey, Santa, hey, Santa. And they followed me around the room the whole time that I was there. I knew this was gonna be a good thing because my peeps were here. And what I knew is that this little group, my little entourage were actually Santa groupies this is really good. I knew I was in the right place. I had the suit on. I was Santa. Everything was going to be great. At least until a mom came and she put her, I think he was about two years old. He, she put him in my arms. He looked at me and then he looked at his mom and then he looked back at me And I have never heard anybody scream so loud in my whole life. I was so glad to give him back to his mom. Now he is what's known as a Santa hater. Can't stand the guy. I was glad to give him back. I walked around the room. I did a little bit more ho ho -ho hoing. I had my little bell. I was doing my thing. And then kind of over in the corner, I could see that there were a group of kids. They were about eight or nine years old and they were having a very animated conversation. I didn't know what was going on, but I just watched them and just continued around the room talking to some of the other kids. And then I noticed at one point that they pushed one of their little members out of the room. She came over to where I was, stood in front of me and she started at my head and she was going all the way down. She was at, uh-huh, looked at my head. Then she looked around my shoulders, uh-huh, looked around my belt, uh-huh, uh-huh, looked around my knees, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she got to my shoes and she said, uh-uh, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. no, no, no way. Those are brown shoes. Those are not Santa shoes. So I thought, okay, I've got to do something here. And and, and not to be outdone by an eight-year-old, what I said was, look, these are the shoes that Mrs. Claus gave me. When I left the North Pole this morning, Ms. Claus said, Santa, your shoes are disgusting. You cannot go away from here looking like that. You better put these on. And I said, you've got to do what Ms. Claus says. You know that. And little girl said, yeah, I I, I guess that's true. And then she went back over into the corner with the other kids. They started talking among themselves. And then for the next 25, almost maybe 30 minutes, kid after kid came over to talk to me. And they each had something that they wanted to say about my hat, about my gloves, about my belt, about my reindeer, about every aspect of me being Santa Claus. Because see, they are actually the Santa police. They got to make certain that everything is right. They're not even quite sure that Santa actually exists. But if he does, everything has to be right. I had answers for them. Everything was all right. I'm doing okay until he came over. He just came over and he stood in front of me. I could tell he was a ringleader. I knew this about him. I did a little bit of ho 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 he didn't move. I rang my bell, he didn't move. He just stared at me. And then he said, very matter-of-factly, there ain't no Black Santa. Okay, this one I had to kind of take in because the truth is when I was his age, I never saw a Black Santa either, but I am Black and I am Santa. So I said to him, you know, Santa comes in all shapes and sizes. Santa comes in all races. Today I'm black, but tomorrow I might be something else. Santa can change any time that he wants. Now, there was a little girl that was listening because they were all listening. And this little girl chimed in, well, go ahead and change. Well, not to be outdone by an eight-year-old again, what I said was, Look, you don't change your clothes in public. Santa doesn't change his race in public. They all ran into the corner and they were talking among themselves. And I thought, I better get out of here before they ask me something that I really can't answer. And I had been talking for a while and I thought, well, I'm just going to go over and sit down. I did, I wouldn't sit in the chair, but Santa Claus sitting in the chair is actually an invitation for kids to come and talk to him. So 200 kids lined up to come and talk to me. And one at a time, they sat on my lap And they had lots of things to say. One kid wanted to tell me about the toys that he wanted. Another kid wanted to tell me about what was going on in his school. Still, another kid wanted to tell me that his father didn't have a job and that what he really wanted this year was a job for his father. Kids understood the power of the suit. They understood that Santa Claus was actually in the house at that moment. And then it was time to leave. Bye, Santa. Bye, Santa. Don't forget me. Don't forget me, Santa. And when I got in the back room, I was thinking as I was pulling the suit off, you know, Santa's got a good thing going. I really like Santa and I want to continue to be Santa. And then I thought, you know what? You don't really need a Santa Claus suit to act like Santa. But it is true that a big red suit Really helps.
0: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Corey Thomas May and Harold Cox. Loved your stories. Thank you both very, very much. I should add, I've got another podcast, it's called Suicide Noted, where I talk every Monday with a suicide attempt survivor, so if that's something you might enjoy, or appreciate, or benefit from, or something else, you can find that on Spotify, or Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, that's Suicide Noted, Suicide, N-O-T-E-D. And that is all for episode number 86, wait for it, boom.